Welcome to the In Tune Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chanel Miller, and I am on a mission to inspire women to step out on faith and get completely in alignment with their purpose in this world. This podcast is meant to motivate women to overcome any limiting beliefs that are stopping them from standing in their power and achieving the goal or desire that has been put on their hearts. I am a woman of God, a wife, a new mom, and a mindset coach. I believe in James 1.3. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. In this podcast, you'll hear stories from myself and other amazing women who decided to take a leap of faith, build their endurance, and get more in tune in order to become the woman they were created to be. We'll open up dialogue around healing past traumas, motherhood, to the entrepreneurial journey, and much more. So if you're ready to get your life together and more in tuned, then stick around for today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Intune Living Podcast. I just wanted to record a little brief intro for you guys before we jump into today's interview with my guest. Um, I noticed after I was recording and editing that the audio on my end is not the best, but there is just so much blessing and amazingness from this conversation that I am going to post it and share it anyways, because I'm just going to, because this is important for me to get out And we're all about progress over perfection here. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that little tidbit, but a little bit about our guest today. So today we will be having a conversation with Britt. Britt is a digital storyteller and social impact strategist who fiercely advocates for equality and black liberation. She is an artist who has been able to travel around the world, sharing her love for music and spoken word. She's a published writer, freelance journalist, DJ, and the creator of the Trill Moms podcast. This podcast is a global brand focusing on Black maternal health, womanhood, and conscious parenting. I am so excited to have this amazing thought leader on this podcast, and I am beyond blessed to be able to call her a friend. So without further ado, everyone, please welcome Britt. Yay! Hey, girl, hey! Yay! Thank yes, you yes, yes, yes. Of course, thank you for being on here. So um, I figured I would just kind of talk about why me and Brittany are even on this call here today. Um, Some of you are maybe aware that it is actually Sexual Assault Awareness Month this month. And sexual assault and dealing with that past trauma is something that I have been extremely, extremely passionate about. Um, but I would say almost like secretly passionate about it because it's not been something that I have been very openly. And as I read in Britt's bio, she's fiercely speaking out and making change. And um, it's really been put on my heart to really speak out on these important matters and to be able to share my truth and my story, but at the same time heal and hopefully be able to impact other women to see bits and pieces of themselves within my story as well as Brittany's story. Um, and so you're probably wondering like, okay, like how do your guys' story connect? Um, I've shared before that I was a victim of sexual assault back in 2009. So this was over 10 years ago. And the, aside from the people who were also there, including the individual that it, who did it, um, Brittany was the only person that I could go to who was my friend, who is still my friend, but who was there when the situation actually happened. And so 
that has a huge, huge impact on my story, as well as her story and just how our worlds kind of aligned and how it got us to where we are today. And so I thought it would be absolutely perfect for Brittany and I to have an open conversation, which by the way, we have not had a conversation like deeply or in, in depth about this since the incident happened um, over 10 years ago. So I am praying for healing. I am praying for God to really just show out and help us move through this trauma that both of us have had to experience um, and to be able to see um, a lesson and growth and whatever needs to come out of that. So um, yeah, I truly do believe in the power of like working and talking through past traumas and really bringing awareness because we can always keep things so buried deep. So this purpose of this conversation is to be a safe space for both Brittany and I and for our listeners to really just kind of open up their hearts and maybe start to want to actually heal and get more in tuned with themselves. So yeah, I have said enough in this introduction. I don't want to say any more. And so I am going to kick things off to Brittany now. And I want to start with, um, how did we actually meet? Oh my gosh, how did we actually meet? Okay, so this this we met in high school or was it middle school high school it was high school okay mm -hmm. so we met in high school well i can tell you we were like the only black girls at school so <laughs> i was gonna say we were like one of two no but like for real though there Maybe was actually um, i think we could count all the black people on both hands yeah maybe 10 at least 10 at least yeah, 10. in a school of a couple of hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's sure just say we gravitated to each other. Yeah. We were like, it's like Spider-Man and me. <laughs> that was us. Um I don't remember like the exact moment that we met, but I do remember us having um a science class together. And Chris Brown had God. just released <laughs> Brittany. Chris Brown had just released his first music video. I think it was Run It. And yes. Chanel was obsessed. And I don't did you have it on VHS or no? Oh my God. I cannot believe you remember this. <laughs> like I this memory has like popped up in my head like every now and then. But um, I don't remember who the science teacher was, but okay. I remember she was super cool and yeah. she would let us just like hang out after class and just like do whatever. And this is back in the day when we would like dub or like record on like a big ass, like, what is this, VHS? Yeah. Um, for you youngins who don't know <laughs> what a VHS is, this was back in that time. Yeah. And I remember I recorded it and we probably played that Chris Brown video like over and over and over and over again. And I can't believe you actually allowed me to like <laughs> let you watch it. But you, we were loving it. Yeah, the teacher literally let Chanel play the Chris Brown tape in in the classroom. I don't think class was happening, but yeah, yeah that that's like one of my earliest memories of I'm like, this crazy girl really just gave the teacher her Chris <laughs> Brown tape and was like, here, play this. And then I was like, that's my kind of person. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. That's so funny. And I remember when we first met, you've always been like outspoken. Like mm -hmm. that has been something for me. Like I, 
I can be outspoken and outgoing and loud and crazy around people that I know, but it takes me some time to actually show that side of me. And most people, once they see it, they're like, who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, I love, and I've always loved your authenticity, like from the, from the jump, you know what I mean? And I remember just like, again, I'm like a creeper. Like I would just sit in the corner and be like, oh, okay. Just like peeping people, how people move. Like I've always been that way. And it's funny because I now notice my son does that. He's very observant. <laughs> but anyways, um, that was one of the things I noticed about you was like, wow, she is so outgoing. Like I loved that, but I was like so shy. I didn't know how to approach you at that point. And I think it just eventually we just like started connecting and started talking. And I think weird recognizes weird. And I'm like, she's goofy. She understands my humor. And, you know, that's what I remember. And then I feel like high school was pretty much just trauma. And I just blocked out everything else. Yes, it was. Outside of that. Yeah, I left the school. So sorry for leaving you. <laughs> no, I came with you. Remember? Wait, oh, you left too. We went to um we went to North Hennepin together. Yes. Yeah. But before that, I left too. You did. Yeah. Transfer. I was like, where are you going? I'm coming with. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. So character building, you learn a lot about yourself when you're in an unfamiliar environment. We both came from like really diverse schools and communities before that. And mm-hmm. um, that was like a culture shock. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So it, and it, I think it made us like appreciate each other even more because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not only were we like different from the other students because we were like the black girls in the school, but it was a very racist school at that, you know, oh, a very absolutely. racist environment in town. Um, and so for me, that was like an awakening of like, oh, I'm black. Mm-hmm. Like, of course I knew that, but it mm-hmm. meant something when people were like othering you and mistreating you as a result of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That was the first place that I had ever like really been called the n-word like Same. I will yeah. never forget walking down the street across you know where the McDonald's was like where everyone used to like park their car but like me and my cousin my little sister poor thing she still remembers this and she was like maybe seven at the point I remember just crossing the street and someone driving past in their truck and just like just yelling it out and we're like Wait, what like are you kidding me we're just crossing the street and that was when my whole entire perspective completely changed because I was again as you mentioned like walking up to the teacher and just be like here like can you play this like I was so naive to the world because my parents had essentially like held me away from everything because they were so protective of the world and as we see what's going on in the world today they had every reason to be afraid to let us out of the house and to do stuff but you know, looking at it now, it affected me from what the real world was actually about. Like I was living in this world of like, nothing can happen to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even with high school, like, you know, seeing you and how outgoing you were, but I think a thing was that your culture shock, cause you started, you came to that school in middle school and I came in high school. So you had already went through that culture yeah. shock. And so when I met you, it was like, you almost kind of took me underneath your wing, like, okay, this is how you move in this city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we also shared a bond of strict parents. Yes, <laughs> we did. A whole lot, we but did. with each other. So. Yeah, they understood each other's strictness. It just, that that just wasn't even us. And I think it, 
the lesson in that is like, there's no set of behaviors that can necessarily like protect you from like the evil that's in mm. the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And then for parents, um, you know, like our parents were both very strict on us and we still had these like horrible experiences. And mm -hmm. I think that is also um, like a, a teachable mo moment and something that I think about a lot as a parent of like, you could shelter your kid all you want. At some point, they're going to leave the nest. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. and, and are they equipped for what happens when they leave the nest? Yeah, yeah. I think and it's Michelle. Equipped. Yeah. I think it's Michelle Obama's book where she was talking about how her parents, they would always say like, I'm raising an adult. Like I'm raising you yeah. to leave and become an adult. And like that has stick, stuck with me before I even became a mom. And that is something that's like, damn, like I wish my parents raised me and pre prepared me to be an adult versus um, protecting, you know, which is not their fault. It comes from a yeah. place of love. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely would agree that that sheltering essentially did us a disservice mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, um, which kind of leads us to college, you know, so we, you know, we went to high school together and then we ended out the year doing a community college together. And I remember we would drive from the city that we lived in and drive down to actually Brooklyn um, Center center yeah it was in Brooklyn Center yeah um and we did that for half a year and then we eventually went to we both got into the University of Minnesota together I remember being so excited in our typing class <laughs> our Excel yeah. class or Microsoft Excel oh my god I hate that class but um yeah we both got accepted and then we got into college and I guess that leads us to that night and i would love to just start with like, what do you recall from that night? Yeah, so I won, uh, Chanel and I were roommates. Um, we lived in a dorm together. What I remember is that school hadn't even started. We had not taken even our first day of class. It was welcome week. Mm -hmm. So we had moved onto campus. We had got all of our stuff into our dorm there was like all of these activities that they had for the incoming freshman class. Yep. And uh, we had found all the other like black and brown kids. Um, that was a whole new world of an experience. It was, and it was so exciting having okay. come from an environment where like the majority of our peers were white and not just white, but racist, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we, mm -hmm. it was like, we found our people and we're, we're hype. It's like, I think maybe the final night, of welcome week. So it's like a Friday night and then class starts on Monday or something like that. Yep. Yep. And it was like um, Memorial Day weekend like that. Yeah. Or Labor Day. Labor or Day. Labor, yep. Yep. <clears throat> and what I remember is we were like, we got to do something. We got to party. And I, at the time I was dating a guy who lived pretty much on campus. He wasn't a student, but had a house on campus. And so I'm like, hey, can we use your house? Can we come, you know, party here? And he said, yeah. And so we told 
you know, all of our friends that we had for all of like four days you know? <laughs> <laughs> and invited them to this undisclosed location, like yeah. in hindsight. And as oh a parent, I'm like, interesting. So sketchy. <laughs> like, so sketchy. Come, to this, come to this house off campus. <laughs> like, just and just meet us in the just, basement. Just come on. Yeah. It'll be it'll be great. And every last one of them did, you know, because uh -huh. we're we're freshmen. Everybody's excited. This is a new level of responsibility. Um but anyway, I remember, um, I remember throwing the party. I remember a handful of people who were mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, so really all I remember, I remember like throwing the party. Um, I remember a handful of people being there. I remember um, that people were upstairs and downstairs. I think one of the bedrooms was being used for coats. Um, and then that's really all I remember before you came out. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, that's really all I remember. Yeah. And <clears throat> I guess that fills in a little bit of the somewhat of a space. Um, so from that part, like I definitely remember the party. I remember us actually walking to the party and everything like that. I feel like we had like a <laughs> huge group of people and we were like, yeah, like we walked there or something like that. And then eventually like you got your car. I don't remember, but um, yeah, I remember having like a ton of fun. And again, mind you, this is welcome week. Like I barely even had anything to drink pre before that or anything like that. So I didn't know my limit. I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, I remember like the more I drank, the better I felt, the more like comfortable and more like free and again like I said before um it takes me a while to open up but I noticed I'm like oh like I'm like myself right now like I'm having fun I'm like joking around we were dancing like everything like it was just such good energies and good vibes and it was the first week of school um but then I remember that fun turned like I was like spinning like oh my god like I am not feeling good at all that was like my first like time like really being like wasted I would say um and I vaguely remember like either coming to you or coming to somebody else I don't remember who specifically but like I need to or someone maybe was like she needs to go lay down or something like either which way someone was like I think I think it actually was me yeah yeah I, I, remember I feel at like at some point being notified that you were not yeah well. that I was <laughs> She's that girl's in the corner. She is struggling. Hey, get your friend. Get your, get friend. your friend. And the thing is, like, we can laugh about it and joke about it now. And, like, that's always been how I operate is I can mm -hmm. find humor in situations. So you guys might hear us laugh and joke, but, like, this is obviously a very sensitive Seriously. and triggering subject. But mm -hmm. just wanted to disclose that. But anyways, yeah, came to you and um yeah they just told you that I was pretty drunk and then I remembered um like you then um bringing me into this room which was probably the coat room or something like that mm -hmm. which was your then boyfriend's at the time's roommate's room mm -hmm. um but there was no one there and I believe he might have even been like at work or something like that like I don't remember even like interacting with this individual mm -hmm. um and then I just remember passing out like last thing I remember was like being in that living room and then being in the bed um and then just like 
like little glimpses like I just like remember like rolling over at one point and seeing like someone playing a video game and just going back to sleep like just didn't think I felt like didn't feel um afraid or like there was anything weird I mean I have four older brothers like seeing someone play a video game and again like no red flags were going off because I was just such in this protected bubble you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I didn't think about it um like you know and I was out of it at that point um and then so that that's just that little glimpse of the tv screen and the next thing I remember was obviously this individual you know on top performing sexual activities okay um and therapy I've been able to work through this I'm so proud of myself I used to never be able to actually talk about this and not like break down in tears, not saying that I won't in the future in this conversation. But right now, like I'm very proud of myself. I just want to say, and for anyone who's listening, like you have to recognize these small wins about yourself. Like we can beat ourselves up so much about our past and about where we came from and we can dwell on it. But if you aren't in a space where you can oh, recognize that within yourself, we can just go and autopilot sometimes and not really give ourselves that grace. So I just needed to take that moment as I was telling this to recognize, like, I could not say this before. And that's how I knew I wasn't even ready to have this conversation until now. But anyways, um, yeah, so that was happening. And I just remember just like, being like, what in the world? Like, how did I get here? What, like, what, what is happening? And just like, slowly, like, calmly just said, please stop, like stop. And the individual did stop. Um, And then I remember just like putting on my clothes and I just left the room. Um, And then, I don't know. Do you remember what happened after I left the room? Yes. So you came into the kitchen, um, which thank God I was just standing there in the kitchen and you can't like everybody's partying downstairs and in the living room but I was for whatever reason I was just standing in the kitchen and I remember you coming into the kitchen and you um just sitting down in the floor on the floor and just like burying your hands in your face and like in your knees and you know obviously I didn't know what happened at that moment so I'm like Chanel if you don't take your drunk ass back into the room like what mm-hmm. are you doing um and you were like a little bit weepy and I was like not sure if that was still like the alcohol you know some mm-hmm. people just get like super mm-hmm. emotional when they're drunk um and but you but you, I was like Chanel okay get up like if you feel sick like we can leave whatever but like don't just sit here mm-hmm. <laughs> on the floor in the mm-hmm. kitchen and you and you just wouldn't move and you wouldn't respond and so then I was like okay, what's going on? So I got down on your level and I got down on the floor and I was like, why are you crying? What's going on? And then that's when you told me you woke up and someone was having sex with you. Uh And then I just kind of saw red after that. I don't even exactly know what happened after that. I mean, I know like, I don't know exactly what, what my first initial thing was. But that was like the last defining moment that I remember. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like once it came out, like, and I was already like sober at this point. Like when something happens to you, it can instantly like sober you up. Um, and so I was already like, I think I was in a state of like a state of shock. Like all these 
emotions are running through my head of like this is what your parents were telling you not to leave the house for like all these like feelings of like shame and regret and I think that was what that silence was like what just happened and from what I remember was like you went back into the room to go get your um ex-boyfriend and then I also it was very very foggy basically but just for the sake of time um I just remember Brittany like I've never had someone like stand up for me the way that you did like you didn't know the details like you didn't question my my truth you just reacted and and trusted me um and i just remember like Brittany putting me in the car and going back into the place and if you guys know Brittany <laughs> Brittany how tall are you I'm you five know? two and three quarters yeah. <laughs> and this little bitty girl like was <laughs> across the lawn like screaming and yelling and like people were holding her back and it was like this whole big thing and I just remember like, I just want to go home and it's funny how crazy like God works sometimes because I think we had went back to the dorm at some point but I didn't have my phone on me it was at the dorm we had one I think we went to go change or something like that or maybe we went to go get more alcohol I don't remember why but for some reason there was a a situation where I went back to the dorm before it all happened and and came back to the party and I left my phone because one of the things I remember you saying is like where's your phone where's your phone I'm calling your brothers I'm calling your brothers and I'm like I have four older brothers like all I was thinking was just protecting everybody else besides myself you know what I mean like I didn't want you to get in trouble because like I didn't want the cops to come I didn't want like like it was just a whole thing mind you this guy's at the driver's seat talking to me and apologizing and everything and like it was just like a whole big thing um and that's basically what I remember from that night and just like the fact that I couldn't contact anybody and then we eventually left and got back to our dorm um and I feel like we had a friend who was actually in the dorm room at that time they're in your room do you remember that they're in your space I don't want to say the name and she was in the top and I remember so opening the door yeah okay. and she's like what happened what happened I just like remember going like yeah into the room and just like bawling crying and at some point I don't remember someone told me to take a shower and I like showered do you remember that yeah so actually I you know it's oh okay I'm remembering a couple of things right now one um so the person who did this was um my boyfriend at the time's roommate and I didn't know him that well and I don't even know if he was there or not during the actual party um but you were actually supposed to sleep in my boyfriend's room. And at some point in time, around the time that you were like, oh, I don't feel well, I need Mm -hmm. to go down or something like that. He was like, no, it's fine because all of the coats were in the other guy's room. And he was like, it's fine. She can sleep in here. Um, And then, but I still don't, I don't have any memory of him like during the party. Like I can remember a couple of people who were there 
Um, but I remember him giving us permission because otherwise it, we wouldn't have put you just in like some random mm -hmm. person's room and, you mm -hmm. know, like how living with roommates and like, why are you in my room? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting. I also remember you told me what happened and then he came out of the room too. And he was in the hallway and I think that he had tried to like come talk to you and that's when like mm -hmm. I do remember that I just that's when you saw the red yes that's why I saw red I just what's scary about that moment and what was teachable for me about that moment is like I'm a very calm person nine times out of ten very peaceful not defenseless but very peaceful but very sobering moment and I remember being like I'm going to jail tonight and like having a you very, said that. I remember you saying that. <laughs> I said that <laughs> yes, I, yes. I just, I just remember um, it. It was so clear. Like I had, just, it was a very conscious decision. And that, in hindsight, the, the cause was completely righteous, and and mm -hmm. I still feel that way. I would have done mm -hmm. it again, but it, it's scary how quickly that happened mm -hmm. for me, um, because then it was like I'm blackout. In rage, mm -hmm. so I mm -hmm. attack this man in the hallway, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, any way I can get him, I'm swinging. Like, and yep, yep. <laughs> I remember it took two guys. I won't say their names because one of them is now a politician, but <laughs> it, <t> <laughs> it took two guys to get me off of him. And as Chanel said, like I'm a very small person, mm -hmm. you know. Um, <clears throat> but it was like, you know, they say like the super strength or whatever. Like mm -hmm. if you, if you could move a car. It was like that and oh yeah all, and this big man who I won't say what he did for a living but he was fit you know mm -hmm. um just curled up into like the fetal position and just took it took it and eventually the guys got me off of him I I don't remember us bringing you outside but I remember you being outside and you saying you want to go mm -hmm. um and I'm saying, you know, we're calling your brothers, like we got to, you know, do something about this. And I, I don't remember him coming outside, but I do remember going back into the house and grabbing a knife mm -hmm. <laughs> and, 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 and making once again, a clear decision. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, because he had came back to the car and you were telling him to get away and then he wasn't because he was apologizing and then that's when you went back inside to get the knife like if you don't get away from this car <laughs> yeah and then somebody, that's when i was like all right we need stabbed. to go yeah 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 and you know in in that moment um i was defending you but the the older version of me also looks back at this moment and i was mm -hmm. defending me too, mm. and and felt very triggered from my own experiences in which I didn't mm. go after the person in which there was no accountability which I was too afraid to speak anything and so I yeah. think I was also one I felt so violated and also at fault because it was my party yeah you yeah. know um and I didn't know this person very well but mm -hmm. um I trusted them enough that they wouldn't cause harm to any of the people who I just brought into the space, you know, mm -hmm. and then for it to be like that level of violation, like it was just pulling up all of this stuff for me of stuff yeah. about myself that I hadn't processed and, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, I just felt yeah. like that's that's powerful that, that actually like over the years I've it keeps coming up, you know, just picking and that's why I'm so glad that we're have able to have this conversation because there were things there too where I was like, you know, why did it make her obviously rightfully so to be mm-hmm. upset? but it was the the switch you know what I mean and that makes mm-hmm. so much sense now looking at it how that mm-hmm. triggered you and you like I said the way how you protected me like it was like you were like you were protecting me but like mm-hmm. it makes sense now like you were also protecting was some stuff the version you. of you too but I didn't mm-hmm. understand that or see it it was just all confusing which actually my next question was going to be like, why did you encourage me to go to the police? Because I didn't want to, like, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to, like, I didn't want anyone to know for some reason in my mind, it was this, I did not want it to get back to my parents. I didn't want them to yeah. find out. I didn't want them to think like, see one week on campus, look what happened. Like I just yeah. had this like chip on my shoulder, like, nope, it didn't happen. I'm strong. Like, you know, I just completely blocked it out. But I remember you being in my ear like we should go to the police we should go please I'm like Britt I don't want to and I think we went to like the on-site like therapist or something like that counselor and I told her what happened and then eventually they were like do you want to press charges or and I was just this whole big thing but I remember you going with me because we used to have to take the bus from the U I think it was like the three bus I don't know and again this is like our first week of school like I didn't even ride a bus like where we grew yeah. up like we drove like everything like it was everything yeah. was so new it was just when I talk about being hit with reality like it was like so much so soon like a lot um but I remember us riding on the bus together to the police station that's the first time I've ever been into like a police station it was like a yeah. whole big thing I don't know if you remember any bits of pieces from that piece but my question was like what made you want to encourage me so much to go even though I was like resisting that mm-hmm. I just felt um I felt very protective of you you know like we were we were intentional like okay we're gonna go to community college together and then we can ride um to school together and we can get back and forth. And I can't remember if we had classes together, but at least we knew that there was someone else on campus who we knew and we could check Mm -hmm. in with. And then boom, we both get accepted into the U. Where do you wanna live? Where do you wanna live? All right, bet we both got into the same dorm. Let's be Mm -hmm. roommates, you know? And I feel like we, on a very surface level, because we were both so green and naive, we were mm-hmm. like, it was the buddy system, right? Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And, and my buddy got hurt right away. So mm-hmm. I just felt like everybody needs to get fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> that's on your podcast. <laughs> that's, that's just how I felt is, is I'm, you know, I, one, I see myself as being someone who also need space to warm up to people and mm-hmm. you know and and also realized how like young and naive we were but I also recognized like like you hurt my friend who I'm responsible for you know mm-hmm. and I just felt I felt like you weren't protected and I felt like um you know for anyone who like knows Chanel like she's very sweet she's very funny you know not that 
if you were a bad person, you would have deserved it in any way because no one, no yeah, one deserves no one. to have that experience. I don't <clears throat> care what you do and, and who, what your relationship is with the person. No one deserves that ever. Um, but it was like, I just felt like you didn't deserve it, you know? Yeah. And, and like, how dare he take something from someone who's just like so innocent and mm-hmm. so... Um, yeah, that's what I felt loving like. Loving and yeah. kind and who who would never do anything to cause harm to anyone else, even in like a, a much more minor way. Um, and I, it, it was, um, I mean, to this day, it's just something that haunts me and makes me feel like it just doesn't matter like who you are, what good you experience in the world, like horrible things happen. And I just felt like there needed to be some justice to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm, I am actively telling you what to do mm-hmm. for a situation that I've also lived through and did the exact thing that you were wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean to and I didn't know that at the time because I remember like <clears throat> that's I was like the next shift is like after that situation happened our relationship like you said we were the butt like we did everything like together and after that night it was never the same for mm-hmm. our friendship again because I wanted to curl up and hide in this bubble and pretend like it never happened mm-hmm. but you would again rightfully so and I'm glad you did and I remember like at the end of the day what made me decide to do it was that I didn't want him to potentially do that to somebody else um and that was the one thing I was like if it were just me like it's never happened like that's just how I operate um but I knew that there was a possibility and I couldn't be responsible for that possibility of somebody else that's why you know, and you were encouraging with all those mindsets to get me to that place, but that was what essentially made me change. But, you know, I feel like there was definitely some shifts in our relationship. And like, mm-hmm. you know, after that night, like, was there anything that you noticed um, that like changed either within myself or within you? Because like I said, like when that was going on and you were encouraging me to do this, it created a sense of like resentment for me because I wasn't necessarily ready for that. And just fast forward, like we ended up going to the police and, you know, gave my testimony and he ended up giving his, he essentially did not tell the truth. Nothing happened. happened. Absolutely nothing happened. So I was left with this like pit for the past 10 years that I didn't know how to fill that. Like, I didn't know what to do with this situation. And it eventually morphed into this. And I mean, that could be a whole nother podcast episode of how that one situation just planted a seed in my brain and just continued, like continued to grow into different areas of whether I just felt unheard, that my voice didn't matter, that like whether someone can just literally take advantage of my body, then who's going to care about anything else that I have to say? Like, that's literally what I thought for years and years and years. Um, but yeah, it created a little bit of that resentment that I felt towards you because I didn't understand that you had dealt with something like that before. And that's mm-hmm. why we're having this conversation because there are so 
I don't know the specific statistics on it offhand right now, but it's a huge amount of men and women that are sexually assaulted on a daily, hourly, minutely like basis. Mm -hmm. And it affects so many people. But I didn't understand that because when sometimes some situations can happen to you, you can only feel like it's you against Mm -hmm. the world. And at that point, that's what I felt like, you know what I mean? So I don't know if you notice any shifts in our friendship. Well, obviously we barely talked like after that, but you know, for yourself or for me, like, did you notice anything? Yeah. Um, I, at some point in time, I was like, oh, was I pushing her too hard? You know, but in the moment um, I was like, we have to, do something. I just, I think I was just filled with so much regret um, Mm -hmm. and so much guilt, Um, you know, and like, if I hadn't thrown this party, if I hadn't, you know, told her she could sleep there, I should have just brought her back to the door, you know, all of these things. Um, And then like, did I push too hard for a police report? Still not even conscious of the fact that like, hey, you lived through the same thing like five years ago. Like it just, I had suppressed it so deep within myself. It wasn't until like years after the fact while I was still thinking about it and and trying to process through and do my own healing that I was like, oh, I was, that whole thing was a trigger for me and Uh. I didn't even realize it, you know, and it was, and it was devastating because it it happened to someone who I felt very protective of. Uh And so Uh there's the, there's this failure that I'm feeling and then I'm seeing you spiral now. Uh So we're roommates at the time. And now I'm seeing you drink like all the time. And this is mm-hmm. not like sure folks go to college and, you know, they mm-hmm. may drink more than they had or be introduced to alcohol for the first time. But I mean, Chanel was getting, you were getting like blackout drunk. Mm-hmm. Like often. it almost, <clears throat> now that I look back at it, it almost was like I was testing to see like, like that would never happen again. Like I can get, that level but I will never let that happen again you know what I mean mm-hmm. but in like this messed up way of like again you feel you, sometimes bad things can happen to you and it's a habit where you just you want to numb it out and like yeah I think I used I definitely used alcohol as a numbing device because I was mm-hmm. like I was so numb when that happened like well maybe this will work for me to just black out and forget everything else you know what I mean and you definitely saw that you called that out, you know, and I was hanging out with a group of friends that were not bringing out the best of that, who were encouraging it. And I just essentially just stayed in that path of like, I'm going to ignore this, you know? And then when I eventually actually got to a point of like, I need to talk about this, like, this is still bothering me. It's still showing up in different areas of my life. Those same friends that I thought were like, you know, there, which it took me years to see it now. Like, that's why this conversation happened. That's why I reached back out was because I was like, Brittany was a good friend from the beginning, but like, we can get so clouded and and I'm getting emotional about it because I feel bad for all those years that you had resentment and had all those thoughts. Because while you're thinking all these things that you could have did differently, I'm thinking of all these different things differently and like seeing how successful and ha- like like where you were in your life and happy and your beautiful daughter and just all these different things. It was like, wow, that was a really good friendship that I potentially 
lost from this crazy situation that happened. But yeah, once I got to that point of like, I need to work through this, I need to heal. And just like you said, like you can have situations that maybe happened to you five years or however long ago that get completely suppressed, but then you need to deal with them. And that's where, you know, I know you're on your journey still of healing through your past traumas with that. And that's going to take time, but um, it took me 10 years to, I literally stuck in that friendship of group of people to ignore the truth. And when I really wanted to face that truth, those same people were like, just don't think about it. Don't talk about it. Like, let's just keep going. Let's party, let's drink. And I kept doing that until I literally got to the point where I just had to cut them all off. Like no anything. Cause I like, this is just leading me into a place of, you know, destruction mm -hmm. uh, mentally and it's just not healthy. And so like hearing you say all these things and it like breaks my heart truly that like you felt that it was somehow your fault. And I believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. That was actually like, how do you feel about that saying that everything happens for a reason and like, like bad things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people, everything happens. But I mean, I still believe that there's a reason that that happened that night. And for us to be having this conversation, I can only imagine how many people are going to be freed from this whether it's just to for them to have that recollection of whoa this happened to me before because when we don't recognize the things that are affecting our mindset and what has happened we're an autopilot and then we're just literally ruining and affecting relationships and things in the future based on the situation that happened to us that we haven't been able to work through mm -hmm. um but yeah, I feel like I completely lost what my actual question was there, but. Oh, it was about just changes in the both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what have you done like to protect yourself and those around you? Like since that situation, have you been able to work on your own healing? Do you feel like this conversation that we have right now is a path for us to move forward from that situation? I feel like I mean, I personally feel like this needed to happen years ago, yeah. but I'm curious for you, like, what have you done now with that? Because I feel like aside from me going through that rabbit hole of spiral of drinking, there was still a lot of work that I was doing on the back end. And like, cause I would go through the spiral and then I'd be like, what is going on? I'd work, 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 work to figure out what was going on in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm curious for you, like, what did you do as someone who's a a bystander, but also a victim in your own um, situation to protect yourself and those around you? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I mean, one, I got in therapy probably the next year um, wow. and have been in therapy ever since. So with different therapists, you know, I've taken small breaks here and there, but um, I, I'm a big advocate for therapy. I, I think it works. Mm -hmm. I think it does require you to find someone that you feel comfortable talking to. And I don't mean comfort in the sense because healing is not comfortable. Mm -mm. You know, like you said, it's the work of going through it versus going around it versus masking mm -hmm. it versus shopping mm -hmm. it away, drinking it away, sexing it away, all the things that all the things. Minson, I would say all the things Solange said. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, for me, um, you know, actually later on that year, freshman year, um, I realized, 
I realized how many experiences like that I had actually had that I had completely wrapped out of my memory. And so I had an internship and I was working with young people. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember this little kindergartner, I can't even remember her name anymore, but I remember her saying, um, I'm hungry and the lights got turned off at our house. And so I left on my break and like went and got her some food and like, you know, gave her some extra stuff so that she could take it home. And I told like the administration to see if there was anything that we can do. And I remember going home and sitting outside of our dorm room in the parking lot and just like, I'm thinking like, she's like five. You know, she's like five and like, that's what she's experiencing and that's what she's holding. And, um, it broke me. And I just remember like sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And while I'm sitting there, something just popped into my head from when I was five years old. Wow. I had literally not thought about since then. Right. And, and now all these things are coming up of like, what was I holding? at five Mm -hmm. years old, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, that wasn't even, you know, and I've had other experiences since then, unfortunately. And, and so that was, that was very eye opening to me. And it made me feel a way about my body. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, yeah, it made me feel a a way about my conversation. Because it's like something is being being taken from you, mm-hmm. and like you, it almost yeah. feels like you don't own it. Yeah, yeah. But this is the only space that you really own. Mm-hmm. You know, like your house can be like, seized, your car, your land. But to have autonomy of of self, you know, and to to love the vessel that God's given you, like that's incredibly mm-hmm. important. And what I realized in this moment is like. I disassociate, like I had disconnected from my body. It was just there. Mm. You know, I wasn't being conscious of how I was feeling. I wasn't being mm-hmm. conscious of like what I was eating or, you know, any of those things. Um, and I resisted spaces that tried to make me more conscious. You know, I was a cheerleader at the time and they pulled out the scale in practice one day and I never went back. <laughs> I was like, y'all ain't, <laughs> y'all ain't put me on a diet. You know, like, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm skinny enough. Thank you very much. But like, um, and, and, the, and that wasn't a, a great space for me for other reasons, but mm-hmm. um, it, it, I began to mask, which is really funny. As much as I had the conversation of you with you and was like, coming home and seeing you passed out and and sick and all of these things, us going to clubs and you passing Mm -hmm. out, you know, Mm -hmm. you would think that all of those things would have been um, a wake up call for me, but it's it's like, sometimes like you don't fully get it until you're in it yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? And so after years of, of, you know, self-medicating and like, I'm just going to get high and I'm just going to smoke weed. And that's just like Mm -hmm. how I'm going to deal Mm-hmm. how like evil this world is mm-hmm. um that was that was part of it is is mm-hmm. before I really became like I became hyper aware of my personal experiences as it related mm-hmm. to this experience yeah um, and so then I spiraled you know and I felt a sense of grief because our friendship was 
pulling apart. It's like we still lived together, but we mm-hmm. weren't talking. The mm-hmm. buddy system was broken. Like, it was broken. <laughs> you buddy. Like Marco. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, echoes, you know, I'm like, oh, y'all going out? Okay, have fun, yeah. you know? And I couldn't yeah. even be mad at it because by then I was like, I pushed her too hard and she resents me for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was my fault in the first place. So I can't even be mad at you for it. Mm-hmm. And you know? I didn't. And I'm just so glad that we're having that because it was an unspoken thing. Yeah. Like we never had a we conversation. Never about like, it hey, after that. this is how I'm feeling. Like, you know what I mean? We just, I don't think we had the kept, tools. We did. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. And that's the thing with like on a deeper level is like women, black women, we don't have the tools to be able to handle some of these difficult conversations, you know, and it, we see these different situations play out of how a conversation can go. And I, it's not just Black women, but that's just in general with having a difficult conversation. And I feel like I'm still, that's like another area of my life that I'm working through is like how to have a real conversation about how I feel because we can fear what the other person might do rather, rather than just like speaking our truth. And that is yeah. still something that like, I literally, that's my current thing that I'm working on is being able to have yeah. difficult conversations. And I think it's yes. that night and that whole, how that situation played out. And now as, as I'm seeing it and th- talking about it now, um, it was that block again. Like every time I want to have a conversation, it's just like, why does it matter? Not like no one's going to hear my perspective or what, how I feel anyways. And I didn't realize that even way back when it happened, that's where it really started for me, that mindset, this idea that was just underlying, you know what I mean? So that was why I was afraid to have that conversation in my mind, for whatever reason, I felt that you wouldn't understand, but little did I know you were probably the best person to understand, not only because you were there, but because you've experienced it yourself. You know what I mean? But it's funny how the enemy can work, man, because it did not make us look that way to each other. Like we could not see the, I still loved you and I always still love you till this day. Mm -hmm. And I never was like angry with you, if that makes any sense. I was just like, if anything, seeing you sometimes reminded me of that Mm -hmm. night, you know? which I guess is what resentment kind of is in a sense, but that's what it was for me. Um, It was no, like, I knew it wasn't your fault. I knew all the things that we talked about, how you were the one with the knife, like protecting me and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it just reminded me of like my most weakest and most vulnerable moment, um, which was obviously hard to, to handle, but I'm just like, I'm seriously so glad that we're actually having this conversation now. And like, you've laid some key things about therapy, which therapy is talking and having conversations and you have to be ready though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it might take 10 years. Sometimes it might, cause you had to grow and I had to grow. I had to spiral. I had to get through this place. I had to get to a point where I quit drinking. Um, I mean, now I like I can handle my alcohol yeah. but because I had to realize because I'd worked through all those things that I was harvesting in and like you said we can numb we can self-medicate and it shows up for everybody in a different way um mm-hmm. but being aware of that that is the biggest thing that is why I even started this podcast in the first place is like it might look like you might see Brittany or I on Instagram or on social media and it might look like 
we have it all together, but there's so many nuances and bits and pieces of everybody's story that is either holding them back from what it is that they want to do. Um, but it's important to be able to see and hear other people's stories of being out of alignment, feeling these different negative emotions, and then being able to work through them and get back onto a playing, like a level playing field. And I feel like this is a great foundation for us to heal. Like, I just want you to know, like, I have no feelings or anything like that towards that night. Like, if anything, my heart just has so much love and gratitude and appreciation for you. And just like sending so much love towards your healing journey, because I mean, that's your space. And I just pray that like, whatever it is that has happened, you're able to work through and find that healing that you have been able to give me. Mm -hmm. And just know, like, you've always been the back of my mind at the end of the day, like, sometimes we are out of alignment for what it is that we need to do. And the people who are actually in our circle that we trust, they're the ones who are telling us the truth. They're the ones who are stretching us to do the things. So pay attention to who is actually around you and who you kind of repel sometimes and the reason why you're repelling them. Like I repelled you because you were speaking the truth and I didn't want to handle it. I wanted to black it out. And that's just being completely real and being human. Um, but I feel, I feel good right now. Like, how do you feel after this conversation of like really kind of rehashing it, reliving that moment? Um, I, I feel good. I am thankful, um, that you extended the olive branch for us to have this conversation because I've wanted to have it for a very long time. Even when I didn't have the, the words or the tools to necessarily do it. Um, and I just remember, cause I, it was, it was so passive aggressive. Like we never got into a fight. We never mm -hmm. got into it, you know, an argument or disagreement or, or had any like words we just moved out of the dorm at the end of the mm -hmm. school mm -hmm. year. See you around. Just, yeah. And then we would just see each other less and less. Um, and so then like we graduate, we grow up and um, I just remember I kept seeing you, you know, I'm seeing you with that group of Thanks. friends and I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing like, the and I I'm sure that they're like lovely people, but I'm just seeing like more drinking and I'm and more partying and um and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, especially given the age that we were in that moment. But I just wondered like what what it looks like for you on the inside, and I wasn't mm -hmm. in your inner circle anymore to even tell. And then I'm seeing the milestones. I'm watching you get married and have a baby mm -hmm. and all of these things, and it's like. I just miss my friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hard thing about situations like that. You know what I mean? In general. But I hope and I, like I said, it takes a lot of work to do. Um, and I'm just difficult conversations. Like it's there's a whole book about it. There's so many informations about how to do it. But like, I just wish that we had this conversation earlier. Just like you said, like I didn't have the words. I didn't have the tools. I didn't know either. Um, and yeah, I just wish you would have slapped me in the face. It's like, girl, <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you probably, you definitely I... did. But, <laughs> but I truly believe that there was a reason that we needed to, you know, and that time, yeah. that space 
there's so even just what you said right now I can only imagine how many friends are watching people that they once knew and talk to you know have those milestones or that there's mm-hmm. some healing right there in that you know and I truly believe that like God takes us through situations and we talked about this before um that are hard and that are difficult because like how else are you supposed to help and empower other people if you can't relate to them you know what I mean so he has to take you through it and so now I've gotten to the place of welcoming it and I'm in in a space now I can talk about that you can say I was wasted and stuff like that and it doesn't phase me because I know that's not my heart like anymore you know what I mean that was who I was in that space when I was so alone and sad and da 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 but it's a beautiful thing and I'm just I'm excited to see where things go now because I feel like this conversation needed to happen and it did and now we can move forward and hopefully I pray that whoever is listening to this is having the conversations with the people that they need to have that they want to be in their circle like there's a difference between having conversations because I mean like I said I don't talk to any of those (laughs) girls anymore that I was in that and it's confirmation for me to hear you say that because I've been struggling with that because I've been feeling so alone in this space that I'm in right now as I am branching out and stepping out and now wanting to be more of of service and helping women and things like that that um I wrestle like I need to have this conversation I need to express how I feel which you mentioned eventually maybe that time will come but to hear you say like you saw me going down the spiral I knew that in my heart like this wasn't that you know what I mean so it's just confirmation again like okay you did the right thing I'm that spirit of reaching out to you was a calling for a reason so I say all that to say is that for whoever's listening to this if there is somebody that's on your heart like reach out to that person um have that conversation especially if you know that person's heart and their truth but then also pay attention to the people who like you also know their heart and their truth and you choose to ignore it you know so um so I just am appreciative appreciative of you for also wanting to be open and to have this conversation and to be vulnerable and to be able to move past and to heal and I hope everyone can see this as an example that you can have a hard conversation you can go through past traumas and difficult things but Um, It doesn't have to stop you. There are different pieces to every story and things like that. But when you're able to share your truth, there can be aha moments. Like I just, I am very enlightened now about that situation. And I had never, it's been so dark and gloomy for the past 10 years that now it's like, okay, there's light at the end of the tunnel there. So well thank you so much like I seriously am so blessed to have you on this episode I think this is like an amazing first episode to have a guest on and it really sets the foundation for you know what happened over those 10 years and how I've been able to work and heal past that so I'm excited to see where you continue to grow um and your journey because you guys if you're not following Brittany and you like I don't know what you are doing because Brittany is, I mean, you've heard it yourself, like her authenticity, like that is, that shows up on her social media platforms and everything like that. And she's out here empowering black men and women and just like spreading so much light and is doing so much good in this world. So Brittany, I would love for you to just shout yourself out, um, share any place that people can find you or any information that you want people to know about. Yeah. Um, Oh, I feel like super emotional now. Um, 
I okay on social media. I'm well, everywhere. let's hold on. Let's hold that space. Okay. What's okay. what's working? What's what are you emotional about? What I feel emotional about is in in you telling people like to work through their stuff. What was coming up me is like, I pray for this. Me too. I really did for so long it was like I felt so bad I felt so bad and it's like I would never want to cause you harm but you experienced it anyway and I felt like it happened on my watch and then I lost my best friend you know so I remember the day you got married and I was like, I wish I was there to celebrate that. You know, thinking about us having kids and even when you announced your pregnancy, like I was still so excited, like (laughs) like the past two years. Same for you. I've I've been stalking your daughter, like (laughs) my little girl. And um I think this is just a teaching moment for us as well as for your audience of like do the work to hold on to your friendships Um, and and if you don't feel like you're equipped to to do the work that needs to be done or to say the things that need to be said then just to like pray on it and I genuinely prayed like that you wouldn't even though I was blaming myself I was just praying that you weren't blaming me that I didn't further traumatize you by trying to make you you know talk to people and press charges and or that I didn't shame you for your own spiral when like I literally spiraled the next semester you know um because you know keep in mind I was still dating that guy so I had to go back to that house yeah yeah I think that was some of it too you know what I mean for me like way too connected to a a, you know and there you know and there was stuff love and light to him you know but there was stuff about that relationship where I felt like spiritually it was not in alignment Mm -hmm. and there was an energy in that space Mm -hmm. Um, and I couldn't feel it before but after that it it was like sick Mm -hmm. Um, and I couldn't I, I prayed over and over about it and I got to the point of like this whatever this is could consume me if I mm-hmm. don't like get out of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was him necessarily, but there was there was something around that whole situation um, that I started absorbing some unhealthy things in, mm-hmm. and then um, that was coming out in my behavior. I don't know. I just went on a, yeah. a tangent. But no, no. Just, um. I have a lot of gratitude for this conversation. And even when you reached out, I just like cried. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you gave me chills when you responded. And again, just the reception, because in my mind, I always thought like, who cares? Like I said, I had friends that I tried to talk, quote unquote, that I tried to talk to about it. It was like, don't talk about it. It doesn't matter. And so I felt like bringing it up was like a, you know, 
oh there goes Chanel bringing up old like no I need to talk about this this hasn't been dealt with yet you know what I mean and just you being so receptive and the the fact that it was an answered prayer on the opposite end as well that just shows what obedience does and how powerful that is that when you just step out onto faith and just send it out into the universe and see what happens and you come from a place of authenticity and like your truth it'll always come back and it's going to be 10 times more of a blessing because Mm -hmm. that situation of going through it and now to see where we could potentially go and like one day we're gonna I I can already feel it one day we're gonna look back and our friendship and relationship and just community and everything is going to be so much better than where it was when we were even in high school like that friendship that like we miss quote-unquote it's about to be elevated to the whole nother level. And look at my sweat, sweat marks. How cute. Um, <laughs> elevated to like a whole nother level. You know what I mean? And so that is, that's where I'm at in the space that I'm in. And that's what I do. And what I'm passionate about is helping people move from this place to now let's, let's dream, let's create, let's use that power that be to our advantage and see where we can create you know what I mean so I think there's a reason and that that's all I have to say on that and my heart just feels good and I'm glad your heart feels good and you have that release because I felt it I'm like no we're not about to do no shout out I there's something coming up there like (laughs) what is it yes 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 (laughs) you hang up and then no 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 we're stopping that now we're gonna feel our emotions and we're gonna talk through them so I appreciate you sharing that and letting that come out and and do that but I mean, I guess now <laughs> people can follow you on wherever. <laughs> yeah, I'm on um, pretty much all platforms at Hey Miss Brit, H-E-Y-M-I-S-S-B-R-I-T. Yes, and I will make sure to link everything in the show notes for you guys to check out. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys were blessed by this conversation as much as, much as it has blessed myself Mm-hmm. And Me I'm too. sure it has blessed you too, Brittany. And I mean, we'll talk, we'll have more conversations, but yeah. I love you so much. And I'm excited to see where things go. And whew, thank you. Thank you.